Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Christy here and you are listening to the Weird Works Podcast. I am blessed today to have Sid McNary, a spiritualist here with me. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sid so you know why we had him on here. But I think it's going to be a gift for all of you listening. Um, Sid McNary is the architect of the art of peaceful living and a spiritualist in every sense of the word. He has transferred himself to help others find the relationships to connect to your highest and best self. And he is here to help people find discipline in their walk with meditation, yoga, and self-discovery to know how to access peace and joy in every way. While on the journey to the art of peaceful living, individuals experience making a masterpiece of their lives while gaining access to abundance to move forward for all. Sibic Neri is a teacher of teachers, coach to coaches as he walks the walk of peace, and his work is widely known internationally as he has touched lives on every continent. Sid spent 12 years coaching college football where he coached 23 NFL players his claims to fame and how all made it through their professional career from any media setbacks and become powerful set of its citizens even after football, which is amazing. Sid continues to work with athletes one-on-one to guide them through the minefield and mentor them through their life's challenges. An international best-selling author of seven books, Sid and his wife Liz are co-writing the next book already, The Search of the Perfect Wave. They're using some of their surfing background, and I like that too. <laughs> Throwing in some of that. So, why would I want Sid, the spiritualist, on the Weird Works podcast? I really honestly think it's just perfect timing in the world where we're at right now. You know, there's just so much unknown. It's called the Great Reset, but I think that people are just looking for balance. And I think sometimes when we, even I know that I say work-life balance and then I almost kind of like laugh out the other side of my mouth because I'm like, is that even like a real thing? So I thought it would be awesome to have Sid come on to help you with that forward momentum and keep you moving forward. And I stole um, part of his forward in his book, The Secret Weapon, which we're going to talk about a little bit. I know it might be backwards, but that's what it looks like. Um, He said that as each person reaches their highest good, that they are then able to help others to do the same. And I thought that's just such a beautiful concept and kind of gets us out of our heads and gets us out of our just routines and to-do lists and never ending. So today we're going to talk a little bit with Sid on how to unlock our inner potential and overcome roadblocks to living our best life that we might be unaware of or even disempowered of. So Sid, let's turn it over. Let's hear from Sid. You all hear from me all the time. (laughs) How did you get done on this work? How did you go from football to doing all this amazing stuff? Not that football isn't amazing. It's just not my deal. Right on. Yeah. (laughs) I think everybody wants peace and not everybody wants to be involved in football. Yes. 
Yeah. And so I really what happened for me was back in 2001, I, I knew I needed to shift myself even more because I had started doing, I mean, I started meditating when I was eight. So back in 1978 and, and, uh, and then I went on to coach football after so many deals or so many different things in athletics. And, and as I started doing the yoga practice in 1996, I started realizing, okay, I'm having moments of peace, but I don't have peace. Mm -hmm. And so that journey began something different. Uh, so in 2001, I went from coaching big time college football to a smaller school uh, that was still, still pretty big, but yet I couldn't figure out, all right, what am I going to do that's going to bring me peace? And that looked like walking away from football to, to teach yoga full time and own yoga studios and which led to, I'm sitting here now here with you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome for us, right? Well, and it's kind of interesting because I've heard a little bit of his background through other events and whatnot, but your journey sounds very similar to some of my colleagues where a lot of people that are drawn to some kind of like healing work and maybe things that aren't considered mainstream had to channel healing for themselves, had to do that, like be on their own journey. Do you want to talk a little bit about like, and I don't know that this was in chronological order from football to where you are today, but do you want to talk a little bit about using pain? like physical pain to turn your life around? Yeah, I mean, first of all, there were a lot of pains in my body from playing sports since age seven, right? Like, uh, and especially at the level that I played sports. I mean, at 15, I was over in England playing soccer. So mm -hmm. uh, football, if you're listening and you're from Europe, don't want to offend anybody. And, uh, and then all through college and, and so on and so forth. So there were a lot of things that were kinks that I didn't, like if someone had given me, my son started doing yoga when he was eight, the asana practice. Mm -hmm. And so his body is still free, both of them mm -hmm. uh, and my daughter. And so that part of it, had I had that, then I don't think I would have been able to go on the same journey because when pain set in, in my body, then it was all of a sudden time for me to figure out, all right, how can I, do I shift this with, I mean, I remember I used to get shot up on Friday so I could walk the sideline, shot in my ankle. I used to, there would be days I would take 18 Advil just to get through the day, you know? So, so then it was like, okay, how do I, how do I shift this? Or do I keep going down that path that is really destructive in my body? Mm -hmm. So that really started that journey. And then in 2016, my my body really shut down, uh, shut down in the sense that every muscle in my body went into atrophy. And so I couldn't use my abs to sit up. Uh, I was very fortunate whenever I had to go to the bathroom, I really pray, please let me take care of myself. So my, so Liz never had to like help me in that way yet. It was like, I had, uh, the only thing I can relate to is is when I've seen people with palsy and they have to swing through crutches. That's how I had to walk. And, um, and so that, that journey, I had to learn to fall in love with the pain. Cause once I did that and truly was able to accept pain on the other side, when you fall in love with the pain or you have peace with pain, all you have is peace or love. Uh, so pain really became one of my greatest teachers in that sense that, 
I had to say, okay, what do, how do I shift this? And then because I didn't get the fullness of that lesson, uh, gosh, when I, I think when I saw you, yeah, when I saw you, I had gone through months of losing my sight. So my sight was so low that if I put my hand on Liz's shoulder, I wouldn't be able to see her face. Mm -hmm. um, and so that journey of losing my sight forced me to look inside myself and, and go even further. So that's where I am now. So for sure. That's amazing. So you are a testimony of the, of the amazing, incredible power of the body to heal, which I think is fascinating because then you can see into what people are struggling with. So do you teach people how to do that? Do you see people in pain and physical pain and kind of coach them how to transform that and find the true lesson in it? Oh, definitely. We do. Um, I do what's called a, a quest for peace or someone can do the peace program. I actually don't advertise the peace program because it's longer and and uh, it has to be someone that's truly committed or I don't want to do it. Uh, but either way, in the, a quest for peace or the peace program, peace is like the foundation in between the highest state of love and the opposite of love, which is nothing, indifference. And so when someone gains access to that space of peace, everything's possible from there. A lot of times I've heard people say that um, war is peace. War, the opposite of war is peace. And no, it's not. The opposite of war is called not fighting. Right? It's being content. But the opposite of peace, there is no opposite of peace. That's why people know when they don't have peace, you either do or you don't. And that's it. There, you have peace or you don't have peace. And that gives the foundation for everything else. Yeah, I love that. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the strategies in the secret weapon in a second, because it seems like an easy concept. And I think people always say they strive for it. And like me and my husband, even with all the work we've done and the life we've lived and being in practice myself for 20 years, we still have these conversations like, you know, just be and, you know, don't react and you're in your emotional state and all this. And we're like, yeah, I know, but why is it so hard? You know, so like <laughs> we're still humans living in a very human world with all the things going on around us. And I think that that's the draw and the need to practice it because it doesn't come in our human ability. That's not human, right? Some of this, that's why we're talking about spirituality. It's outside of our human realm. Do you agree? Well, in a sense, yes, because we come in as babies. Uh, I think when we're first born, we're being. A doctor smacks a baby to make sure they can make a sound. And so we teach a baby, this is what pain's like, scream. Right. And then, and then it's like, okay, baby now knows pain. Then all of a sudden it's baby knows pleasure because whenever they get fed, they feel pleasure. And then when the pain, when that's gone, they return to pain, hunger pain. Yeah. And so there's that uh, duality. Pleasure and pain is one and the same. They both take you to misery. Mm -hmm. So to get to that place, at least for me in my journey, to get to this place of 100% peace means I have to be okay you know, to get to that original stillness that we are born into mm -hmm. is a, is a walk. You know, it took me time to get here. It wasn't like I said, Oh, I just want to be at peace magic. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a journey that I think everyone has to go on for themselves when they're ready. Yeah. Practice. Well, talk about the program then. What is the program? 
Because that's what people are walking around with. And I feel like they don't even know that that's the case. And so maybe that's the overwhelm. Maybe that's the self-sabotage to feel like, okay, that's for Sid. That's easy for Sid to say. He dedicated his whole life to this, but like, I'm over here and I'm doing this, or I'm from New York, or I'm in this field. Like, okay, Sid, maybe one day I'll get to that. So tell people what the program is. And then how do they even know that they're stuck in the program? How do they identify that? Well, I'd say... If life isn't going exactly the way you want it, you're in some type of program, whoever that person is. So to the program is something that, you know, from zero to nine, we're walking around and at some point we experience something that challenges our love, our connection to love, connection to the source of everything. And so that's the original program. And then we live into these echoes of the program. So different things happen along the way that continue to separate us from that source of things. And so that's, that's it. You know, if, if you aren't connected directly to the source and free flowing your life in the grandest of ways, you got to get to get back to the original. And that's, you know, so from zero to nine, we're in that, the formative stage where something happens that says, okay, this isn't, this isn't right. This is something weird or strong how, or wrong, however you want to look at it. And then we start to build up protections. And those are the program. They're really protections to try to keep us from losing more love. Mm-hmm. You know, so the further we get away from that, you know, the more things we experience, if we haven't been taught that, we are building our lives, even our strongest of characteristics around fear. Yeah. Fear that something isn't going to go right. So now it's, it's that getting free in order to get fully connected to love again. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that in the book, The Secret Weapon, you know, how to create your own reality. So do you want to talk everybody through the SLF stop, feel, listen, and then there's an extra literal that you add on if you want to. (laughs) So it's stop, listen, and feel. And so the big part of that is stop, listen, and feel. It's kind of, I talk about the law of holes. When you're in a hole, stop digging, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the number one thing. Like people, a lot of people get in in these places they don't want to be, but yet they never stop going down the same path. And so stop digging. And then from there, that's the stop. Like, okay, I see myself. I'm, I'm moving in a way that's going in a direction I don't want to go. Stop. Like really, like literally just stop. Like if you love arguing with your significant other, keep arguing. If you don't love arguing with your significant other, stop. And then listen to what's going on inside. Like really take the time to say, okay, what am I thinking about this place that's continuing to keep me down that path? And once I've heard where my thoughts are, then I have an opportunity to say, okay, now I can feel my way forward. Where do I want to go from here? So stop listening and feel it's, it becomes a practice that when someone implements at first, it may feel like they have to physically stop. Yeah. You know, and then as time passes and they've practiced this for a while, then it's like, okay, I no longer have to physically stop. As soon as I stop the thought, I've already stopped. So it starts looking faster. So sometimes I'll even still access that, but no one sees it because it's like, oh, stop, listen, feel. Like 
it's just done. And then it's like, all right, how do I want to move this forward? And it's almost just the cycle of my breath. You know, I breathe in something that doesn't look like peace. I shifted to peace on the inside of me. And now when I breathe out, I know I want to put love back into the world. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. Yeah, when you taught us, we were going through a breathing um, meditation with you and it was breathe in peace, breathe out love. And that is just, even that is a simple mantra. It's memorizable. People don't have to have any kind of like, you know, crazy background to understand that and get it. Because then like even the breathe out love is like, gives you a chance to stop before you just spit out rapid fire. Like what would be your like go-to response, right? It's just your program response, like zing, zing. And then you're like, oh, if you get to stop after, most people stop after they get the zinger out, right? And they're like, oh, I probably could have taken a minute. So you're trying to get people to take a minute before it comes out. You got it. Yes. And it sounds like also stop, listen, feel like get out of your brain and into your heart. Is that part of it too? Oh, yeah. I mean, truly to listen, you have to be doing nothing. So when I'm teaching someone how, how to learn to listen, I'll help them get into their heart because, you know, if I'm thinking, I'm not listening. And most people have no clue that when they're listening, they're thinking something mm -hmm. that is actually triggering their responses mm -hmm. and where they're listening from. So that deep listening within my heart, like, uh, when I was first learning how to truly be present and listen, I would go and find my own heartbeats and then just listen. Mm -hmm. And if I noticed that I wasn't listening, like I was thinking like, oh, I have a question or here's a solution. Then I would just go back to my heart and retrain myself to listen again. Yeah. And so listening is such a big foundational piece of that, of mm -hmm. getting to peace for sure. I might be, um, I might be one that tends to be in my head and then go mode. I'm <laughs> learning to be still. You have to. It's also almost like a self-preservation, which I think your body has taught you that over the years several times. Like, I'm going to have to learn how to do some of this stuff because it's you have to. You can't keep going that way or do it with health or joy either. Um, but that was a really fun actual um, meditation too. It was like, you think it'd be easy to just hear your own heartbeat. And it wasn't, it took me minutes. I don't know how long we were in that meditation, but I was, then I could got it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the, you feel so connected when you can hear that, right? Like if you can get quiet enough to hear that, I was like, yeah. oh, that I was actually really quiet and really still. I thought it was fun. Some people- Yeah, Krishna Das says- um, Yeah. 
getting in your heart is worth a lifetime, even if it's just once. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad you found it there. Yeah. If I can find it, I think anybody in the audience can find it. <laughs> I'm just really here to learn from you, Sid. And if other people want to hear our conversation and it helps, I'm great. <laughs> this is totally for me. <laughs> Okay, so then how do people know if they're clear? What does it take? Does it have to take a lifetime to get to clear? No, it doesn't. It, clarity is a heartbeat away. Now, how many people do you know that can say, okay, I just, I'm clear now. And clear, I still clear, you know, like as much as I'm at peace, I know if something's going on in my mind that I'm thinking that I'm not able to hold presence in the moment then i'll i'll take the time to say okay what do i need to talk about what do i need to do right now so that i can be clear mm -hmm. clear being clear to me is being fully present nothing else going on nothing needs to be fixed or shifted i'm just clear and so often uh, when when i'm with people and teaching i always say before we get started on something bigger it's like all right does anyone need to get clear you know clear out your thoughts and it could be something like it a lot of times people think that getting clear looks negative but getting clear could be something like you just won the lottery and you don't know if you're going to buy a boat or a house or what <laughs> and so it's like all right can you get clear so we can be present no i need to go do this though yeah. so you know clarity is just simple it's being clear it's like you can't add blue dye to a, a glass of water and think it's going to be clear until you clear it all out yeah and i've heard other religions i've heard other practices talk about getting to the state of you know some people call it enlightenment some people call it clear some people call it being present so similar concepts i think everybody around the globe regardless of what they identify as are all trying to strive towards the same level of peace do you agree oh for sure i mean i like to say that the truth is the truth i don't care what path you could choose to get there mm -hmm. once you get to the truth it's still just the truth yeah yeah our americans you've been all over the world i forget how many continents and everything we talked about are americans the worst at doing this oh i wouldn't say the worst uh, are there uh you know there's a saying in the bible those who are last will come in first mm -hmm. and so I've been to places where last looks like they don't have electricity, they don't really have water, uh, they bring water to them in trucks like in the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua. And so I would say that that makes it easier to get clear. You don't have any, you don't have as much to clear out. Yeah. You know, uh, the people that have 50 houses, I know a guy that owns 50 houses. There's a lot to clear every day, like thinking about his 50 houses. And so that in itself, uh, I think there is no magic time or, or way of being to getting clear, but we have to know how to manage our own lives no matter where we are, you know? And I do think it's easier for those who with less. Yeah, I've heard you and Liz talk about minimalism. You, how far into it did you guys go? You said then at once you sold everything and just started traveling. Yeah, I mean we we sold everything with the exception of the clothes that we had in the car and and uh, a couple things that we we now have our two bedroom place uh, with 
there's very few things that we had before we landed here in Jacksonville. So, you know, that, that helped a lot in the name of clarity um, to get rid of everything. Like we have no, the only pictures in our house, I have a few pictures of my children. Liz has a picture of her mom and her grandmom. And I have a picture of my parents and uh, my grandmom. And then that's it. And then it's us. So there's no like leftover boyfriends, t-shirts or anything like that. So clarity is really easy because all we see is ourselves. Yeah. What else could you say you learned about maybe like attachments to different things as you were clearing out? Did you learn some things that you didn't know were there? Well, before we left, because part of the reason we left was I I was struggling in uh, coming out of the pain in my body. And as soon as we sold everything, locked the door and put the key under the mat for the landlord, I was like, whoa, my body feels better. So I, I do equate uh, these pains that people walk around the world with. Uh, I don't care if it's cancer, if it's, you know, all the way down to a, just a headache, mm-hmm. there's something pulling, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that level of getting clear, which looked like for a year, all we had was what we had in our car. Mm-hmm. You know, it was easy to pay our bills. All we had was a phone bill and car payment. And all right, let's keep going. Yeah. So it was like just easy. I mean, and, and so I, I feel that so many things that people have in their lives is a major part of why they are struggling in their bodies, struggling in their minds, struggling in their relationships. There's just too many things intertangled in, on each person. So I learned that for sure. That's cool. Now that you're talking about that, as you travel around, you are a healer. Do you want to talk a little bit about that aspect of yourself and some of the cool transformations and maybe just share? Our audience is probably listening. They probably got introduced to me because they were having an ailment or symptom. Mm. So they would be a, you know, a good audience to hear another perspective of that. Yeah. So, I mean, as we began to travel and I had already been helping people heal but what uh, I was asked I was asked this one day who heals the healer so I was taking on a lot of those things that I was helping people with Mm -hmm. and uh and so I had to learn how to let something bigger than me take it you know like literally who could handle it than the source that created everything right so getting out of the way and and tapping into that was big and and so I was, we were called around the world to help people with cancer, with uh, Corona when it first started and, and since, and uh, HIV, helping people get out of wheelchairs, you name it. So, and what I'll say is what I learned about a common denominator for each person as it worked with them. Like some people I would help and they would find that, oh, I, don't, I no longer have pain in my body or this guy had a huge lump of cancer, a tumor on his neck. And I didn't know this, but he couldn't turn his head and he was facing. So I couldn't see the lump. And at the end, he shared that it was gone. Now, this was after an hour. of uh, We had a community healing circle. And after an hour, this was gone for him. And he was like, oh, my God, I can move my neck. I wasn't I wasn't sure. My friend brought me. I really didn't want to be here. And thank you. And uh And so, and then he went running the next day and, and, and he stayed cancer free. Now that happened because he got a line, you know, and, and held it for himself. So, 
no matter what someone's going through, is it possible to, that it's a heartbeat away from being gone? Yes. Will people accept it, receive it and keep it? That's up to them, you know? And so I had to learn how to get really comfortable with people coming and not getting healed, you know? Yeah. For a while in the beginning, it was like, oh, I want to heal everybody. Well, you don't get that power because it's a choice. Like, do you really want to step into it or not? Now, I'm fortunate that uh, since I was younger, I've been able to help people move things like that. Mm -hmm. And it just took a remembrance and remembering that if I didn't do it, it was going to go to someone else. You know, that's just nature. Uh, and so I will say that it's probably the most rewarding thing that that I've allowed myself to remember and connect to in this life is being able to help someone in need for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you just reminded me of a story I heard you talk. Do you want to talk about a little bit about when you were younger and you realized you had these gifts? How did you? Well, I mean, there were, there were many moments, but I, probably some of the biggest ones is I began to watch my uncle who would show up at the house and, and he would always have something like something come up where there was a headache because uh, it was the holidays and drinking and and I'd be like oh I can help you with that and then it was like at one time I remember his back was so destroyed like he could barely stand up and I was like I got you if you lay on the floor and if you let me do this I can get it out and and he did and he he got up and he was shaking he's like I have no clue what my nephew does but but I, I I'm gonna let it be I'm just gonna be okay with this and it's gone. And I'd come see him the next couple of days and be like, yeah, it's still gone. So I had those moments, but probably I had a friend in college who was told he wouldn't be able to play uh, sports anymore. He was going to have to drop out of school and he had bone marrow cancer. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling my mom and saying, Hey, my friend has cancer and I don't think he has to have this. I'm here and I know I can help him. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. So my mom was like, I'm gonna let you talk to Father Brown. And I went and I talked to Father Brown and he, he listened to me and I said, this is my friend. None of my friends have to go like this. There's no way, I'm not even allowing it. He's like, well, what are you gonna do then? If you can do it, then you ought to do it. And I was like, well, uh, I'm going to bring everybody around, all my friends, and I'll have them pray for him and I'll put my hands on him. And he left and 
three days later, they said he could come back to school because it was gone. Now, and I just talked to him like a week ago, and that's been, gosh, that when we were together in our fraternity at the time was 1989. And so that was huge for me. Um, now, it wasn't something I said, oh, well, now I'm just going to be a healer. It took God saying, and whatever you want to call it, saying, okay, I'm going to put you through enough until you realize who you are and what you're meant to do. And, uh, and that's what's gotten me here, you know, just being really, it's the people that I loved enough that I wanted to help, that I've been fortunate to help. And now I love people, period. So I just want to help. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are on the Weird Works podcast. So what would you say to people who say that's weird? Has anybody, I get accused of being weird all the time. And my whole new motto is like, okay, yes, it is weird. I think unusual, maybe. However, we embrace the weirdness. We recognize it and we do it anyway. Does anybody ever say you're weird? <laughs> I mean, I, I used to get that. I used to call my, uh, my best of friends, Rick Smith. And I would tell him things that were going on. I'd be like, man, I'm about to tell you something weird. And finally, after like a couple years, he was like, Sid, you know, you just called me yesterday and said you're about to tell me something weird, but you've been telling me this stuff for years. It's no longer weird. It's who you are. Yeah. You know, so that was one of, the, I mean, we have a lot of great gifts that we've given each other, but that was one for sure. When he said that, it was like, oh, I got to own this. Yeah. It's not allowed to be weird anymore. Yeah. I'm doing it all the time. It's no longer weird. Yeah. I have to accept it. Yeah, it's weird to others, but it's not weird. To <laughs> I say weird works because I'm like, well, when the traditional didn't work, where did you go? <laughs> Somebody's got to be willing to step out of the box. And I always say that, like, I think God put me on the planet to be the big old weirdo, if that's what you want to call it, and be okay with it. Like, you got to stand in that space, right? <laughs> you got it. You got it. So, um, Let's talk to so you bringing up God. We're in the Bible Belt. I don't know if you know that, but I want you to talk a little bit about energy medicine and how it's not like, how can people get their minds around it to stop thinking that it's not biblical? Because I think that they're locally here is a big holdback from people receiving or being open to this kind of medicine and healing, if you will, because they're afraid that it goes against their religious beliefs. No, that's a little bit of a, a bigger one, but yeah, you want to dive in that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I want to comment on that because I think it'll it'll help other healers as well create a space for this. Right on. I mean, first I'd have to say the truth is the truth. No one needs to defend the truth. Mm -hmm. Like so, like when I when something comes up for me, there's nothing for me to say. You know, there's this story about a donkey and a tiger and someone can look it up they can type bluegrass donkey and tiger and so eventually the tiger meets the lion they go to court and, and the donkey thinks the grass is blue and he gets dismissed from court but the tiger who knows the grass is green has to stay and it's because he he has to stay to talk to the lion because the lion's like why do you you're staying because you you know the grass is green, why are you arguing with the fool? And so in that sense, the truth is just the truth. Mm -hmm. Do we need to argue about it? Not really if you want peace. Mm -hmm. You either get to be right or you get to be happy. It's a choice. Yeah. And so that's where I'll start. And then the second part is, who wrote the Bible? 
I'm not trying to disagree with the Bible. I have three of them sitting on my floor right here. Uh, who wrote the Bible? A man, many men. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is it 100%? I'm not getting into that. Yet, it was written 500 years after the person they mostly talk about in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So we'll go there as the second part. The third part for me is everything is energy everything put it under a microscope you can see through anything you know i have pictures of me that have been captured where i am see-through how is that possible i must be energy so now if my energy is off and i come into contact with something that has a higher frequency my frequency will raise up and if it raises up high enough i no longer live in that discomfort so the work that I've done, sitting on the mountains four times without food or water, the going, sitting in silence for 10 days and studying myself, the, my lifetime of working on my body and the, since 1996, realigning my body through yoga, I just sit as a radio that's been tuned into a frequency. If someone receives it, they can tune into that frequency at the same time too. It's like, why does why do lot, most people relax when they go to the beach? The beach has a different frequency. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, I'm not one to complicate it. Uh, I don't need to tell everybody my techniques or whatever. It's just, this is it. Do you want to get in a higher frequency or not? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, all right, no need for us to waste our time. Go do what you got to do. I'll go do what I got to do. Yeah. And those that want to, all right, let's do that you know, and let's move up and, and see what we can do for one another. You know, I love working with people in that way, because every time that I work with people, I call in the greatest source that I can. So I, I get elevated too. Mm -hmm. you know, selfishly, it's, if I don't do it, my energy goes down. People, people often wonder or say to me, God, you look so young. How old are you? And I'm like, ah, you don't want to know because you already have this belief. And so when I finally say how old I am, they're like, no, no way. Well, there's proof in the pudding, right? So if the people that, that I know that are healthy, I just try to figure out what they're doing. You know, I met, I saw a guy at a hundred years old was still performing surgeries. Steady hand. He actually retired at a hundred years old. He still drives. He still cuts his own grass. He's a vegan. Am I a vegan? No. But when I, when I found that, it was like, okay, what do I need to do to get closer to being able to be 100 and free? Yeah. I, I just see it like that. You know, yeah. there's people that are healthy. I want to know what they're doing. Yeah. We love studying like the blue zones. I don't know if you've ever traveled to any of the blue zones. That's amazing. Like the human body is definitely capable of way more than what most people have accepted for themselves, you know, right. yeah. same with diet, nutrition, lifestyle. What was cool about the blue zones was that it's not all diet and nutrition and supplements and the things we knew to do. There was a lot about, um, like purpose, right? Like that the elderly are held like esteemed instead of thought as the dying and the elderly and got put into nursing homes, you know, they were held to the highest and it had a lot to do right with like purpose. And I thought that was really cool. That is awesome. So then I 
wanted to talk about, yeah, there's two big things. And I know you said when we met, like, this is not necessarily where to jump in and start, but do you want to just talk about like how our reality and like, <laughs> I know this is big, but what we see is not really there. How can people understand that or just start to come into existence about this? How can they begin an understanding of that? Like what we perceive isn't really there. Well, everything that is created, everything that we see comes from a thought. I mean, no matter where someone is right now, they can look around and as soon as their eyes hit it, start to see what thought is triggering that. Mm -hmm. Now, if everything that I see has come from either my thought or I was taught about it and now it is my thought, right? It came originally from a thought. We're in, you said we're in the Bible belt. We're in, in the Bible, John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and God was the word. Now, the very start of that says, in the beginning was the word. Mm -hmm. who, was, who was talking? Who are they talking to if nothing else was around? It's all about the word. Mm -hmm. So whatever I put on something, I've created the reality of. Mm -hmm. And that it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. It all comes from thoughts. Everything. Doctor tells you that this is what you have gives you a death sentence. That's somebody's thought. In the Bible, it also says if two or more agree in my father's name, so it shall be. Well, when are we going to start living that? Mm -hmm. Like really saying, okay, well, you know what? If you're telling me I have this and if I agree, I'm going to have it. Let me just go ahead and disagree with that and start working on letting that go. Mm -hmm. right. Like getting real. Like if we want to, I coach college football. So I have a an offensive playbook in my head, a defensive playbook, and a special teams playbook. Mm -hmm. I've memorized those playbooks. That's why I became the book. I've memorized, uh, if I go do a 700-hour teacher training for yoga teachers, I don't ever walk in with a book. I became the book. If someone really wants to know how to move through life and whatever their playbook is, if their playbook is the Bible, go become the book. And it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, was with God. Yes. So, and God was the word. Go find the word, see what you're creating. Uh, that's as simple as I can put it in the, in the Bible Belt. Yeah, no, I love it. I thought that was a really good way to say it. I think that people can understand that, and that will help them start, like, looking future, right? This is what I say on the podcast here, is that, like, you don't have to take everything we say at face value or immediately adopt it. But my hope is that at least it will get you thinking in a different way so that you can start on your journey to start researching that there's got to be another explanation outside of the norm or tradition so that you can start to find a journey and, you know, start implementing some of these things and go find it out, research it for yourself, you know, go seek out Sid and his books in the Bible and read some of these passages that we're talking about and really explore it. But even if this is the first time you've ever heard these concepts, like just start thinking a little bit differently. Cause if you don't like where you are, you right. gotta do something different, right? No, definitely. I mean, that's Newton's law. Yeah. Something in motion stays in motion till it's knocked off motion. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of this is just flat out physics, which is science. <laughs> That's my, I get triggered. My new trigger is when people say, trust the science. I'm like, 
okay, you want some science? Let me, let me lay it down. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's start with some of these foundational things. Like, yeah. Okay. So I thought maybe you could, do you want to perform the prayer of connection? Do you know by heart? Um, it's not going to sound exactly that way, but yes, I know the, point okay. of the prayer of connection. Do you feel called to do it? Sure. Well, we'll do at least the beginning. And uh, God, mother and father of all, infinite source, beyond space, time, and form, all of was, is, and will be. Prime source, great mystery, great spirit, everlasting creator, we call to you. May all be free. May all be happy. May all open up to all that is there for them. May I forgive all that I've harmed. May I be forgiven by all who have harmed me. And may I continue to move forward for all of eternity, for all humans in, in eternity. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Yeah. I just wanted that because I think that there's nothing more powerful to close with than prayer. And I thought that also that if people want more of any of what we discussed about or want to start their explanation, exploration or continue an exploration that they already started, but that would be a great segue into um, you and your works. And um, do you want to just share like next steps for people, um, how they can connect with you, some, some ideas that you've got and resources that you have? Yeah, we've got a, a really big event coming up in June uh, and we do it every couple months so someone can check it out now or, or uh, come in June or come at a later time. And it's the leadership roundtable. So we take um, several people and we come into a group and, and have an opportunity to really understand the power of peace and how to win at everything in their life. And, and especially it's, it's there for leaders, people that are leading, whether it's leading in your house, leading a team, leading, your, leading yourself, leading others in any way then we come together and help people really dive into, all right, what's, what's your culture looking like? What, what do you stand for? What's the principle? What makes it different for you to lead versus someone else? So that happens June 14th through the 16th. Uh, everything can be found on our website. And then also uh, a quest for peace, which is an eight week program where I walk people through for one-on-one uh, -on -one once a week where then they have things that they work on and begin to see things differently. I mean, I just have a lady going through right now. And for the first time in since she started taking medicine for her anxieties when she was five, mm -hmm. she is now 55. And for the first time she has gone two days just because she forgot it. She forget, felt so good. She forgot to take it. And then she was like, oh my God, I didn't take it yesterday. So then she took it on Sunday and then she forgot to take it and it was out in her car when she was at work on Monday and never went back to get it. And so that's what's possible for people to truly get free. Uh, so if someone wants to do that, that's the Quest for Peace program, eight week program. And they can find it all at artofpeacefulliving.com. Cool. And we will put the links um, down in the show notes for anybody who wants to look more into Sid. Um, and he's got a ton of books. You can see them all behind him. Great reading material. Um, you've got local events and yoga trainings and, and things as well. So we'll put that up 
on the show notes. Thank awesome. you so much. I know I learned a lot and gained a lot. Got to know more about you and enjoyed it thoroughly. It's been helpful. I hope the listeners find the same. I'm sure they will. Um, any closing remarks before we sign off? Well, I'll say this. And actually, we um, this is actually the title of our next book, even though the search for the perfect wave moved on to the inside cover. Peace is the power to live by, win at everything. And that's that's really how I go and approach when I go to speak to teams, when I go to uh, speak in major companies like BA Systems, is peace is the power to live by. And really allowing yourself space to say, okay, what does that look like? How does that look to find that power that gives me access to everything I could ever want in my life? And then to win at everything going forward. So look forward to meeting everybody in person. And until our eyes meet, have a beautiful life. Thank you so much. I love it. Thanks again, Said It's been a blessing for sure. In good health naturally, I'm Dr. Christy signing off to another wonderful episode of the Weird Works podcast. Thanks for listening. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.